It's all about Southampton. The So So Show with Zoe Hanson and Simon Clark. Hello and welcome to Southampton's podcast, The So So Show. We bring a taste of life in the city to your downloads every week. It's hosted by her, Zoe Hanson. And him, Simon Clark. Now, this week, we're going to tell you about an exciting opportunity for any ladies who are looking for a fun way to get fit and for something to do coming out of lockdown. I think because we get on so well, because we really support each other on court, I think that's some of the reason why we've actually done so well in the leagues and been promoted. Have you signed up for that yet? I've signed up for the social, you'll be pleased to know. More on that a little bit later on. Now, what's going on with the weather this week? It was only seven days ago that we had the warmest day of the year and I was out paddleboarding in shorts. This week, what's going on? Forget four seasons in one day. That was about nine seasons in one day, wasn't it? The sun would come out, people would put bikinis on and then you'd see somebody skiing past in the snow. It was crazy. Honestly, on Tuesday, I almost gave myself RSI looking out the window because you know what it's like when someone says it's going to snow, you instantly yeah. regress to a teenager. And I don't know why, because it's not like your school bus isn't going to run if it snows. So why the excitement? Why the constant looking? Oh, is it snowing? Oh, or you can just watch on Facebook or on the socials just for when people put up videos. of It's snowing and it was sunny the other day. And now it's snowing. <laughs> and you can always spot the Southerners because we are the ones who get really excited. Yeah. Even if it's like nature's dandruff snow, we get yeah. really excited and stick it on Facebook. And there's a Scotsman exactly. just looking at that going, really? Come on. <laughs> that cannot be classed as snow. <laughs> I had to walk through nipple high snow to get to work today. And you're getting excited about a few flakes. Oh, man. And it was Easter, wasn't it? So Easter Sunday was a really warm day. Um, my little one was out in shorts and a vest. And I even then I was like, no way. But I was like, no, good call in the end. It was very warm out. I've got to say thank you to the Easter Bunny for um, doing the Easter egg hunt around West End Cops. It's such a cute idea, isn't it? And I, I feel like in the last year... We've all created a bit more community. You know, there's been like different trails around different woods and stuff. Um, And this Easter egg hunt was just one of those. And it was just really cute. Somebody had been, put out loads of Easter eggs everywhere. And then the kids had to go and find them. It was lovely. But Easter... It was much nicer this year, wasn't it? We could actually see people. I know it was in the garden, but we could actually see people. This time last year, I don't think you were allowed out of your front door, were you? Apart from a clap on a Thursday and put your bin out. Mm. My daughter decided to make an Easter tree. So she found what can only be called a twig um, on a walk around. And she brought it home and she said, oh, can I decorate it for Easter? And I was like, yeah, go for your life. That will take up the first day of the school holidays. Um, so that's what she did. So it's got some little chicks on it that should, I think should probably go on top of a cake. Some polystyrene eggs on, nice. <laughs> on pipe cleaners and a, and a little fluffy rabbit thing. <laughs> but my question is this. When do you take your Easter tree down? Because we know what happens at Christmas, right? You know, you put your you put your tree up in December, you take it down by the 5th of January. But Easter trees, when do you do... I haven't got any Easter eggs left. I've eaten all of them. I would think that the unspoken rule is 
it's got to be down by the time the kids go back to school. <laughs> right. Okay. Which means she has to do it. I like your style there, Simon. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. It's got to be down by the time the kids go to school. Otherwise, the Easter Bunny won't visit you ever again. Good shout. Good shout. It's got to be a consequence. There's a consequence for not taking your tree down by a certain time. So there's got to be a consequence for you not taking your Easter tree down by a certain point. Very exciting. Um, on Easter Sunday. Do you know what I went to do? I went to join in with the e-scooters trial. Oh, this is the thing that's happening in Southampton. Mm-hmm. So the electric scooters, they've got racks all over the city. And I went to the first one. It's sort of Swathling Bridge. There were none there. They'd already gone. Um, so then I, um, I went down to the university and just inside the university, they've got another two racks there. One rack had all of them gone and the other one had about four left so I was like oh yeah come on I'm going to try this I really want to try this I'm like oh it's really exciting so if you have a private e-scooter you're not allowed to ride it on the pavement you're not allowed to ride it on the road so effectively they're just illegal right because they're only allowed on private land Mm -hmm. but these ones you're allowed to ride them on the road as long as that road doesn't have a speed limit over 30 miles an hour and you've got to be over 18 and it can only be one of you that's on it and loads and loads of rules right but still a brilliant idea I was really excited I got my phone out I got the app downloaded I was ready to go I'm like oh I really just want to go on these and then it says okay you need your driving license I didn't come out with my driving license did I (laughs) Yeah, I'll have to feedback next week for what happens. It sounds like loads of other people have, though. If the racks were empty, I only hope they're taking them back to recharge them afterwards. Well, I was there for five minutes and three people came and picked up scooters in that time. Like, So if I took a scooter from the university and let's say I went into town, if I went into a cafe to get a coffee, what would I do with the scooter? I, I, I suppose you have to ride to a rack. Rather than leaning up outside the shop against the glass, you've got to go put it in a rack to then go somewhere else. That's it. And then when you come back out of the shop, you go and get another one from the rack. Assuming there's one there. Yeah. And you can pay by the minute, you can pay by the hour, or you can pay for, I don't know, a month or whatever. But they're really cool. They're really cool. And you've got to scoot along a bit before you press your go button. Right, I'm going to go and do it. I'm going to go and do it this week. I promise you. I promise you. Because, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Well, it sounds like you've read all the bump. So crack on. Yeah. I look forward to the story of Zoe on the e-scooter next week in the podcast. Hopefully it won't be an interview with the police. <laughs> yeah, or being told from a bed in A&E. <laughs> Now, let's introduce you to our guest this week. It's Joe Evans, who is a coach at Midas Netball. Now, they play and train all over the city, and they started a few years ago. But it wasn't just the sporting element that led them to form the club. Kerry and I um, started Midas Netball Club about four years ago, actually. Um, We both did it after being long-standing netball players, um, but coming back after having our children. Yeah. So we just kind of thought, God, we want to get back into it, but, you know... We're a bit unfit. <laughs> We're mums, um, and, and so we started our own our own club. Right. Um, and and really, it's 
I can only describe it as being a bit like a little bit of a family. So it's such a great way to have fun, to get fit and, and really meet new friends as well. So everybody in the club, you know, it's not just about netball. Yes, we love playing a game, the, comp- yeah, the competitive side of it as well. But also we absolutely love going out for a social, <laughs> having a drink. And, and <laughs> do you know what? That's some of the things that we've missed so much. And actually lockdown being well starting to ease out of lockdown has been quite good because we've already booked our first social amazing (laughs) had you even played netball had you even stepped foot on a court by the time you'd booked a social no actually we hadn't the social was booked before we got back on the court (laughs) it was sort of march 29th was it when you know boris gave the go-ahead and said right okay you can go back and you can play netball outdoors how did that feel? So it was amazing. Um, and just being able to get back on the court. And it, it was almost like we hadn't been away. Obviously, we had been. But we're such good friends, having a laugh, what's been going on, um, and just getting out and really yeah. throwing a ball around, having a run around, getting fit, but having fun with it as well. And with your mates as well. Do you know what I mean? That's just a laugh, isn't it? And just even seeing people's faces at the moment, it's just quite wonderful isn't it it was brilliant actually going out um everyone asked me not to work them too hard I toned down the fitness so we're going to build that up slowly (laughs) but but yeah just getting out and having a game and having a bit of fun and you know as as you know we we do Midas minis as well so we uh, a lot of the netball players have kids as well so once we kind of get out of lockdown we're hoping to start that back up again and have the kids along in the summer holidays and things like that so just so much to look forward to really fantastic and I can hear the passion that you have for this game so if anybody wanted to get in touch so they wanted to come and play netball because maybe they're in the situation you know you were uh, where you know they've sort of played netball years ago and then they've gone off and they've had a family or you know other things have taken over and they want to get back to netball how would they get in touch with you Do you know what the hardest thing is taking that first step because like I said Carrie and I came back after having kids being really unfit as well and and actually what I would say is we're just such a friendly bunch so mm-hmm. we welcome everyone whether you have never played netball but want to give it a go or if you're you know you've played in a team before you've been competitive we're there for everybody so um if you wanted to mm-hmm. get in touch find out a bit more information i think probably the easiest thing to do would be to join our facebook group um which is midas netball club okay um and then yeah just get in touch with kerry and i and and literally it's as simple as join the page and then i list the training you like it you're in you join in and and literally yeah done (laughs) amazing and then like can anybody just come along to the socials as well is that all right yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely socials welcome yeah i mean when you join the the um (laughs) when you join the page as well you'll see it isn't just all net you know it isn't just netball court you actually you'll see in there you know listing the social stuff what's going on you'll see some of the pictures as well (laughs) from from past events you know it's just just a bit of fun um really and and yeah I think that that really is you know when Kerry and I started it it wasn't about winning winning you know seasons it wasn't about winning leagues it was just about getting out having a laugh and 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 making some friends really I mean actually we've done I think because we get on so well because we really support each other on court as well I think that's some of the reason why we've actually done so well in the leagues as well and, and been promoted so I think it's just you know get down come and have a chat get to know the team 
yeah and, and it, there's something for everyone whether it is just actually do you know what come and have a bit of training have a bit of fun social side of things as well or actually I want to be really competitive I want to join the team and play you know play in leagues then yeah absolutely bit for everybody that's Joe Evans who's one of the coaches at Midas Netball talking about the club they have going on which clearly extends beyond the court and hoops and into the bar as well. Sounds like a great idea. Doesn't it just? Oh, sorry, the netball. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Talking of going out and drinking, by the way, can I just ask, if you've got a slot booked, a session booked at a pub, please make sure you turn up for it because they're banking on those slots being full and I know some people have booked like multiple sessions. Do you know people that have done that? Surely not. Yeah. Yeah, but who's going to book up to go to a pub after we haven't been to one for what feels like about 25 years and then not go there and have a pint? You know, I don't normally drink, you know, pints of anything, but I'm going to go there and I'm going to have a pint of something. Bailey's. Snake bite, Mad Dog 2020. <laughs> I don't want this to be like last summer when all of the restaurants had bookings and people just didn't show up. Right, right. Because it's not fair on them. They've spent ages closed. They don't need to waste money on food that isn't going to be eaten. Anyway, I'll stop moaning. <laughs> Having said that, so so it's it's this week everything starts to reopen, so pubs are able to open outside. But um, have you got anything booked in? Because there's you know hairdressers and beauticians, and you know that's where I thought you might be going. No, I haven't booked anything. I haven't booked a haircut. Um, I'm not getting my nails done. Uh, I'm I'm passing on the sack back and crack because I've gone without it for so long. I just don't think I need it anymore. Well, you're not allowed to get close enough to anyone to, for them to see. <laughs> so I don't need any of that. So um, I'd, I'd quite like to go and get a drink in at some point, but I'm not going to drink if it's freezing cold. I don't want to drink that much that I'm willing to sit in about 10 layers in a pub car park. I can wait a couple of weeks for that. Do you know what I did think? Um, and it's our friends at Doorstep Cocktails. I was thinking, okay, now we can go around to somebody's garden so there could be six of you in a garden. You could have cocktails delivered. Oh, yes. Someone else who I think is going to do well is Nathan the Dog Walker. Have you seen this story about how dogs have put on an average of half a stone during lockdown? Have they? Yeah. They've done well. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think that it would be less than that because people at home got more chance to go out and walk the dogs. Well, they have. They haven't <laughs> because they've put on a, an average of half a stone. So I reckon what it is is we're around more to fall victim to those big puppy dog eyes. And dogs aren't stupid. They know that if you're starting a Zoom call, if they drop a couple of barks in at the beginning, it'll be hello, chewy sticks, just to keep them quiet. You're so right. You're so right. Oh, I've got something very exciting to talk to you about. So ABP, so the people that run the ports, they are building a fifth cruise terminal. Wow. It's very exciting. But they need a name. And in exchange for giving them a name for this this cruise terminal, you will win a seven-night cruise. Well, there's only going to be one name, surely. Porty McPortface, isn't it? Oh, right. Yes. (laughs) They need to name it after Dancing Jim, the guy who directs the traffic onto the Red Funnel. Yes. Yes. Dancing Jim's Terminal. No, we can't say that. (laughs) We can't say that. The Dancing Jim Cruise. 
Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I think that's a brilliant competition to get involved in. Just give them your name. So I'm going to put in my entry form, Zoe Hansen. And Simon Clark. I'd like it to be the Simon Clark <laughs> cruise terminal. You couldn't go too far back for a name for it. Like, you couldn't name it after the Titanic, could you? Like, nobody would go from there, would they? No, that wouldn't work. Too soon, that joke? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a shame we can't call it Dancing Jim's Terminal. That would be the perfect tribute to a man who has entertained many happy holiday makers. Hasn't he just? Yeah, he's good, he's good. Southampton's podcast, The So So Show. Have you been watching Line of Duty? Oh, have I? I've loved it since the very beginning. And I'm going to be a bit of a snob about this now. Yeah. Because for years, I loved it. And for years, I was like, why hasn't this won any awards? Yeah. And then it started getting nominated for big awards around Series 4. And it kept getting beaten by programmes that have got no right to beat it because it was brilliant. (laughs) And it's only thanks to lockdown and people binge watching that it's actually now acceptable to say that it's a brilliant piece of telly when it's always been a brilliant bit of telly. But it was always a bit underground, wasn't it? It was BBC Two and nobody really knew about it. I remember my friend saying to me, have a watch of this. I think it's quite good. And I was like, wow, I am hooked. I love it. The thing I love about it now is that the makers are really messing with the public. Did you see the story this week about Steph's Kitchen having an H tiled into the tiling? Oh. And people are thinking, it's a clue. It's a clue. There's an H there. It's a clue. It's like, no, it's just the producers just sticking stuff in. You've got to watch that you don't get drawn into these things. (laughs) I think it's too late. I've taken to watching each episode twice now so that I don't miss anything. But actually, they're just throwing in curveballs all the time. Oh, totally. And you won't find out what's going on right until the end. However, you may, like me, believe that you are quite the detective. I had reason to ring the police, not 999, I rang, is it 101? Yeah. I rang 101 the other day. I got through to the uh, operator and I said, uh, two IC1 males <laughs> on a motorbike, query stolen. <laughs> Can you do me a PNC check? <laughs> I got the info from the cheers, but I can't tell you who they are. Yeah. No, I did have to actually ring the police, but I was laughing in my head because I was going, okay, right, well, it's two lads on a motorbike, (laughs) uh, not wearing crash helmets, and I was a bit worried that they were going to go through the pedestrianised bit of Bitten. Fair play to you for being community-minded, and I'm sure they probably all had a giggle at the fact that you think you are a cast member (laughs) on Line of Duty. Hello, who am I speaking to? Is this H? H for Hanson. <laughs> Are you going to be ordering any COVID tests? Because you know they've said now that we can get them. I've got them. Have you? Yeah, so we were given them when the primary schools went back. We were told that you can go and pick them up from the airport where, the, where they've got the testing centre and they give you a box and there's enough in there to last you a few weeks. Oh, I might have to do that then yeah. because I was going to jump on the website and order some. I'm not looking forward to it though because I have given my kids, well, what I haven't given my kids is any sympathy whatsoever when they've had to do the tests <laughs> at school. So quite often I'll hear the sound of a gagging teenager over my shoulder as they're doing the, <laughs> the swabs in the back of the throat. It's nothing to do with your dinners. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have a problem with it. When I had to do a COVID test because I thought I had COVID, yeah. the only issue I had 
was the involuntary sneezing I got after I did the swab up the nose. Right. So I know full well that it's all going to come home to roost now because the lack of sympathy that I gave them as they gag themselves with a cotton bud is going to come back the other way as I'm... Do you want me to help you with that, Dad? (laughs) (laughs) One of them will have their smartphone out and they'll just record the sneezing fit that follows. Yeah. What a joy that is. But look, that's revenge. I'll end up a TikTok (laughs) sensation with a cotton bud. You can answer me this, okay? So I know this is bad, but tell me if you also think it's sort of slightly genius. Do you remember Spartans Gym in Southampton? They're down by the stadium. Yeah, that's right. They made the headlines recently. Yes, because they were they were opening when we were supposed to be in lockdown in November. Well, anyway, they were taken to court and there was all of that stuff. And they said, no, they were shutting. And apparently they are shut right now. However... The amount of people turning up there every day in tracksuits and high-vis with a hard hat in their hands, because apparently there's some building work going on in there, is unreal. Right. So all of these people turning up in high-vis vests with a hard hat, but they've got their, you know, they've got their trainers on and (laughs) I'm like... I know it's wrong. I know they shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> but I've got to take my hat off to them and go, look, if you want to go to the gym that bad. I... Your hard hat, presumably. That'll be the one you're taking off. Yeah, yeah. Now, something that's coming on the subject of gyms and working out, loosely connected. You know, Peter Andre is coming back to Southampton later this year. Oh, is he? No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> Baby announcer Grease the Musical's coming back to the Mayflower in November. He starred as Teen Angel and Vince Fontaine a couple of years ago when it toured. Yeah. And he'll be in the production that will be coming to the Mayflower in November. It's nice to see that they're getting excited about putting shows back on. I was in London this week. And it was so heartbreaking to be walking around the West End and seeing all of these theatres boarded up. I bet. It's great that we'll soon have the lights back on and the excitement and the buzz of a socially distanced Mayflower Theatre. Have you seen Grease on the stage? I think I might have done. Right. It's, it's quite different to the film, but it is brilliant. So I've always been a big fan. I got banned from watching it when I was little because I used to get up and watch it before school <laughs> every day. Which of the characters did you identify with the most? I don't know, really. Oh, I thought I was Sandy, but I was probably Frenchy. Turned into Rizzo. Um, but I, lo- I love this show and uh, and I love the film. So I said to my mum when it was on at the Mayflower a couple of years ago, I said to my mum, should we go along and watch it? So we sat there waiting to watch it. And we sat in the audience and she said, uh, oh, yeah, I love this show. I, like, it's so long ago now um, that I went to see it in London because Greece was was a stage show originally before it was a film. About seven or eight years. My mum said, "Guess who played Danny?" And I was like, oh, "I don't know." Like, like you're really going back some years here from to go back to my mum's era. Anyway, you would never guess it. Richard Gere. No way. Richard Gere played Danny Zuko in Greece in London. However many years ago. That's yeah. just bizarre. It was Richard Gere. That's Richard nuts, Gere. isn't it? Yeah, he totally. He wouldn't work on the stage anywhere now. I wonder if he still knows the routines and he still <laughs> remembers the songs. Because I would imagine if you're in that kind of role yeah. and you're doing that show after show after show, that kind of thing never leaves you. I mean, look at Anton Deck. They can still do Let's Get Ready to Rumble. <laughs> 
That's how they get up in the morning. <laughs> Before we go, can we congratulate Deborah Madden, who did her dance-a-thon last weekend to raise money for Autism Awareness Week, smashed it out of the park, raised way above what she was expecting to. Brilliant. And people did do what we advised and stick in loads of really naff songs into the Spotify <laughs> playlist, like the Birdie song and Baby Shark and stuff like that. Brilliant. We provided the last hour of music for her, and she was really grateful that we took the time to do that but well done Deborah it's all on you um, and we need to say hi to Calm Better Day um, they've started following us on Instagram they are loving the podcast and of course good luck to Cresswell Barbers anybody else reopening this week as well we are there we are here we are right beside you come on this is the exciting time this is the Start of the end. Yeah, it's going to be such a monumental thing. Yeah. And it's the only and it's only the beginning, really, when you think about it, isn't it? So let's just cross our fingers that things keep heading in the right direction. Yeah. Thanks for your company again this week on the podcast. Find us on social media if you aren't already following us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you're enjoying the banter, please tell your friends about it because that's the greatest compliment and favour you can do us. The more people that subscribe, absolutely the bigger our little podcast community becomes. Yeah, pass it on. Have a great week, Zoe. And you, Simon. You've been listening to Zoe Hanson and Simon Clark on Southampton's podcast, The So So Show.